You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. We're, we're finishing the series today on stronger families, on stronger parenting. Um, if you missed last week because of the, the cold or whatever, um, go back on YouTube. We talked about how to teach our kids the truth about sex and and, and that's for purity's sake, but also for protection. And uh, I told a story a few weeks ago on College Road. I didn't preach this, mess, this series here. Um, our, one of my daughters was at a five-year-old. She was five. When one of my daughters was five years old, was at a friend's house. And that five-year-old girl had been sexually molested by another five-year-old girl who had been sexually abused by a 14-year-old gr- uh, stepbrother. And my daughter, because of what we talked to her about, which is what we talked about last week at church, um, was, uh, was aware of the touch was inappropriate. She called us, and we were able to get... My daughter, number one, was protected, but number two, the other 13, uh, five-year-old girl was able to get some help. The other five-year-old girl was, got some help, and some 14-year-old boy got some uh, help as well. Um, and so if you weren't here last week because we talked about that, that's a, a something that as a parent or grandparent you should make yourself available to, to listen to that on our YouTube or Spotify on the podcast there. But today we want to close up our series on uh, relationships or stronger families by, by talking about how to teach our kids how to discern God's will for their life. And next week we start on stronger marriages. We're excited about that series. Um, but, but today we want to talk about discerning God's will. Now, how many of you know it's important to discern God's will? How many of you guys value discerning God's will for your own life, for your own marriage, your own relationship? And I, that's, so here's the deal. If you're in here, you don't have kids. This is a message on how you can discern God's will for your life. But as parents, if you have kids, I think it's pivotal to raise our sons and daughters with the, the, the thought that God has a plan for your life. God has good plans for your life. He's got good things for your life. And if you understand how to, you can, you can coach them how to discern God's will for their life. How to lick their finger to find out which way the wind's blowing. Which way God's blowing. Which way is God steering me? You know, as children, they grow up, but from 18 to 30, some of the biggest decisions they'll ever make are being made. And so we have a chance as parents from day one to begin to steer them like bonsai trees. Bend them before they break. Bend them toward what God is looking for in their life. As parents, we have a chance to do that. And, and uh, the opportunity, it's a window, it's a season to put our fingerprints in the wet minds of the, uh, the wet cement of their minds and begin to give them some, some handlebars for their faith that make a huge difference. You know, uh, our, our young people are going to choose an occupation. They're, post high school, they're going to choose, do I enter the trades? Do I go to the military? Do I, do I join the workforce? Do I go to college? If they choose to go to college, what college do I go to? Um, I, I, I'm a pragmatist, the one that gives you the most money as a dad, okay? Um, but, but what spouse are they going to, uh, like, like, who are they going to pick to marry? How many know it's a pretty important decision? I youth pastored for 20-some years, and I, I realized there's some young men in my youth ministry that spent more time researching the stereo for their car or the type of tires they needed for their car that they jacked up than the girl they took to prom, and so how do, we, how do we give our kids the, 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 the tools they need to discern God's will when it comes to a spouse? Because that's a pretty important decision. 
and where they're going to live and if they're going to buy a home or rent a home someday. And those decisions between 18 and 30, and we as parents, we can start that now. And, and so I, I kind of want to give you a couple statements here to, to kind of write down. They're not on the worship guide. Write them down if you want. But they kind of steer our conversation as we look in Romans chapter 12 today, which is a, 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 an incredible verse, two verses on how to discern God's will. But write this down. Number one, it's, 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 the, it's the who before the do. It's the who before the do. Now, when I say that, God's more concerned with who you're becoming than what you do with your life. So I just want to tell you right now, with God's will, it's not like, well, you know, and, and I, 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 youth, I, I youth pastor for 20 plus years, and there was a season in my life I traveled around the nation and spoke at youth conventions, sometimes three to 5,000 people in an auditorium and hundreds of kids at summer camps every single week. And I'd go to the altar, I'd say, how could I pray for you? They'd say, well, I, I just want to know what God's will for my life is. And I'd say, well, do you, do you read your Bible? Well, not enough. Well, I'm going to pray you read your Bible. Because if you read your Bible, you'll know what God's will for your life is because it's written down. God's plan. But see, what that means is, you see, see, the who before the do. God's more concerned with who your sons and daughters are becoming than what they do to pay their house bill. Understand. But most of us get locked into, as parents or young people looking for God's will, we get locked into, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Can I tell you right now? It's God's more concerned with the who than what you do. The type of, God, I, I, I'm not convinced if God's concerned that you're a doctor or a lawyer or a pipe fitter or, or a plumber or a pastor or a teacher as he is concerned with the type of lawyer, the type of teacher, the type of plumber, the type of parent, the type of dad you are. It's the who before the do. And second of all, Write this down real quick. It's the why before the what. The why before the what. If you have the right why, the motives. What are God's motives? God has good plans for us, good hopes for us. The motives, be it's not what you said, it's the, the, the why before the what. And so we're going to look today at, at Romans chapter 12 and uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's probably just, it's one of those just proof texts on how to know God's will or begin to understand how to discern God's will. But, but, but again, as we talk about that, it's the who before the do and the why before the what. Paul teaches on God's will in Romans 12. It says this, it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, in view of God's mercies, because you see how good God is in the mercies of God, I urge you. The King James Bible says, I beseech you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. He goes, hey. I beg you, I urge you, please present your bodies in view of how good God is, 
Your response to worship is to present your bodies as, as, as holy and pleasing to him as living sacrifices. And then it goes on and says this. It, it, it says, do not conform or be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does this tell me? It tells me that we can raise sons and daughters that don't conform to the patterns of this world. I youth pastored for a long time and I heard this, oh well, they're just teenagers. They're going to sow their wild oats. Where in the Bible does it say that when someone becomes a teenager, they can sow their wild oats and that's okay? doesn't say that. As parents, you don't have to live, if you live with that paradigm, the Bible says, hey, no, 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 no. Present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy to God, pleasing to God, because of his mercy. Don't be conformed to this age. You don't have to be like, we don't have to raise sons and daughters that look like the world. We can live in it, but not of it. Now, here's the deal. I'm not the guy that says, oh, let's just start a little commune, pull our kids out of the public school. And so they, or, or, or here's the deal. We don't, we, don't, we don't have to isolate our kids. We can insulate them. They're going to be around people. So how do we do that? Now, I'm not, a, I, I, I'm not judging how we do our personal education. I, I, I love those who choose to homeschool and the purpose is we want to mentor and put our fingerprints. We didn't homeschool because we'd have killed our kids. Okay, that's just, my wife's yelling, she said, preach it, you know. Um, probably wouldn't have preached or killed our first one, it's the other ones. Um, <laughs> sorry, Braxton, you're, I had to say that because you're sitting here. But, but don't can be conformed to this age, but what? But be what? Transformed, which tells me in 2024, we can raise young people up in a culture where they don't conform, but they can be transformed. It still works. It works if you work it. There's biblical principles. And then it says this, and if you do that, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Now, now, now here's the reality. I, I had someone once tell me, like, well, Mark, could you pray for me? Why? Well, I, I got married prematurely. I think I settled for God's goodwill and not as perfect. And I felt like saying, what hand do you want me to slap your face with right now? Because the moment you said I do, that is God's good, perfect, and pleasing will for you right now. Cowboy up and be a man and take care of that wife of yours. Till death do you part. You first make a decision, the decision makes you. Now I want to talk about how, how, how we can look and unpack Romans chapter 12 today. Uh, and how do we help our kids or ourselves discern God's will for their life? Now, here's the thing we have to understand. It's the who before the... It's the why before the what. But here's what I want you to know. God actually wants us to find his will. God's not some mysterious, well, if I just mess up a little bit, God's going to change his will for my life. It's going to be hard. You know, God's will is not like a tightrope walker going, oh, no, the wind's blown today. I hope I don't fall off and miss God's will forever. I have one bad step. I'm lost. No, that's not God's will for your life. The other thing God's will for your life is God's will is not like that parent who hides so well with hide and seek their kid gives up looking for them. That's not a good parent. That's a sick parent. 
You know what I'm talking about? God actually wants to be found. God wants us as his sons and daughters to find him. You know, if you're a decent parent or grandparent here and you hid for your kids and you realize they weren't finding you, you'd rattle the bars and you'd make some noise or you'd kick the, the wall or you'd, or you'd leave your foot out so they could see it because you actually want them to find you. That's the God we serve. Don't we serve a We serve a good God who actually wants our kids to find his will. So don't sit out there like, oh, if I'm not a perfect parent, my kids won't find God's will. No, no, no. But, the, but, but there are some, 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 some breadcrumbs that Paul leaves here for us that tells you uh, 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 that there's, there, there's a way to discern God's good, perfect, and pleasing will. Number one, demonstrate being a living sacrifice. As a parent, I want to encourage you. If you want your sons and daughters to find God's will then demonstrate what it looks like to live the life of a living sacrifice. Paul says, I, 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 I encourage you to, uh, to be a living sacrifice. Present yourself. I urge you. I beg you. I beseech you. He's asking us to, to start a path of worship. It's, our, it's, it's a true act of worship to be a living sacrifice. The problem with a living sacrifice is this. A dead sacrifice, you kill it, put it on the altar, it stays there. You burn it. But how many want to know, a living sacrifice can go, today's a great day not to be on this altar, it hurts. A living sacrifice can crawl on and crawl off when it wants. Worship is important. Dads, how we worship is important. Moms, how we worship, men and women, how we worship is important. See, the whole Christian life is really, the li- is really lived out as an act of worship to God because of his mercies to us. And, and back, in, back in Genesis, God called a special people, Abraham and Isaac, and then their nation of Israel. And then God gave them some rules for living in Exodus chapter 20 where he gave them the Ten Commandments. And the first four deal with how they worship God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. You shall keep the Sabbath holy. Make sure there's a day you set apart for me and you make sure worship is important. You shall make no, for yourself no a graven foreign image of anything in heaven or below. You shall not bow down and worship those things. See, here's the thing. Friends, we'll wor- why is that in the Bible? Because God knew. If he didn't define our worship, he made us. He knew we were made to worship something. The challenge is this. If we don't worship the divine, we worship the mundane. If we don't worship the divine, read Romans chapter 1. Read Romans 1 where it says they denied the glory of God and they start to, they, instead of worshiping the creator, they started to worship the created. And then they started, they messed up. The, the, you read Romans 1 and you realize then when we don't choose to worship God, by default, we start worshiping our own images we've made. We make other things more important. And at the beginning of the onset, Paul says, guys, I beg you, choose to be a living sacrifice. Choose to make worship of God the one 
true thing. And why is this important? You want to know God's will. It's hard to know God's will when you're not even worshiping the God you want to know his will for. Climb up on the altar and say, God, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. God, I, I, not my will, but yours. God, I climb up on the altar. God, I choose. I, see, I, I don't know if you know this. We have two problems. We have a sin problem and a worship problem. And God wants to be, God wants to heal us of the sin problem, and then he wants us to choose to worship him. We still have a free will. It's our daily Daily worship is a choice. I lay down my agenda for him. I stay on the altar today for him. And, 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 and see, a half, if we're half-hearted for God, it's like trying to please God without offending the devil. So, so as parents, now that doesn't, I mean, what does is, what is, what is, what is living, living sacrifice look like? It, it's, it's God, my, I, I choose to sacrifice my ambitions and my dreams and my rights and my appetites to be filled by what you want me to fill my appetites with. And I choose to make you number one in my life. Now, if our kids see us doing that, see, here's what I've learned a long time ago. What I do in moderation, my kids will do in excess. What I do in moderation, my kids will do in excess. I also found that what I allow, I teach. What I allow, I teach. And so in my house, we're going to prioritize our relationship with Jesus, with how, we, how I treat my spouse. We're going to prioritize how, how we spend our money based upon how God. We've always tithed. We've always given above and beyond. Why? Because I want my kids to understand the blessing that happens when you're a living sacrifice. You choose to make God. And what he desires for your life, more important than what you desire. That's a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is when you give up your will and you worship God. You want to know God's will for your life? It starts out by saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. I choose to sacrifice my desires and my wills. Now, how many want to know if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he'll add all those things back. It's not like, oh, great, Mark's asking us to give up everything, so we like, let's go move into a commune and live with, no. How many want to know, when you love Jesus, that's the best life you can give your kids? Best life. So choose to, to be a living sacrifice. Number two, exhibit, exhibit a different way of life. In this, in this verse, there's two commands. Two verses, two commands in verse two. Do not be conformed and be transformed. Do not be conformed and be transformed. See, see, do not be conformed to this age. It's the who before the do. The who is not going to be conformed to this age. The who is going to be transformed by the renewal of God's mind. Now, that, that word don't be conformed, it, it literally, in the Greek language, it, it literally carries with the picture, don't be squeezed into the mold of the world. Don't let the world mold you into its, it, it squeeze you into its mold. In other words, don't look like the world be, because they've squeezed you into looking like them. Now, that doesn't mean, here's the deal. Again, we, we I, I, 
I have five children that we've raised and we're raising in a, the same world you're raising your kids in. It's not easy, but I'll tell you right now, they're going to look different. There's going to be areas they look different. They might wear some of the same clothing. And praise God for Alaska where they hoodie, wear hoodies nine months a year. Isn't that a blessing? We moved from Vegas and it's like, praise the Lord. We live in Alaska where they wear hoodies and it's actually good in multiple ways. But don't let the world squeeze you. See, Christians think differently. We possess, and why do we think differently? We possess a worldview that's not like that of our age, those around us. Now, I'm not talking about an age like our specific like numerical uh, uh, number of birthdays we've lived. The age, the, 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 the worldview, the common uh, uh, worldview that people live with around here. In fact, I, I, if, you, if you enjoy reading, there's a book that our staff read, and we now have done a couple life groups with our businessmen and li- leaders, called Faithfully Different by Natasha Crane. It's an, if you've not read anything from Natasha Crane, incredible author. It's an incredible book on worldview, and it talks about where the church is today and where the church used to be. I, I talked to my parents, I just don't know why those young people are thinking that way. I'm thinking like, well, it's because they don't think the way you do, mom and dad, because they didn't grow up with your worldview. But it's scary where our worldview is today, friends. But as parents, we have to understand, we have to know what God's Bible says so we're not squeezed into. See, when we're conformed into the worldview of our world, we begin to have a group of uh, uh, children grow up that, that would rather seek what the world has for them uh, uh, and they think that's better than the ple- that, 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 that's, that's more pleasurable than what God has. That they find an exhilaration of running after what the world offers to them rather than, oh my goodness, that God, how many want to know God has way more for your kids than the world has? Because everything God created, the devil's been perverting, so all the world has is a perversion of God's good. And so we have to, we, we, we can't let the world squeeze us into a mold and, 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 and through our desires and, and, our, and, and the rights and the appetites and all this, we have to say, God, listen, I, uh, uh, but the text goes on and says this, do not be conformed to the God of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. We have to live, number three, we have to live transformed. We have to teach our young people, live a transformed life. You don't conform to the world but, but here's how. You can live a transformed world. There's another world over here that's so much better. And, and again, I mentioned this, that, that uh, the number of, and it says, it, it says, it, it says it, 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 transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Now, how many want to know our, our thoughts are important? How many know that? You don't, you don't change behavior, you change thoughts. Because if you change someone's thoughts, you change what they value and their worldview, and you change their thoughts, you change their behavior eventually. But if you just try to change your behavior, that's behavior modification. We have to change the thoughts. And, and so Paul's saying, hey, climb up on the altar. Stay there. It's, it, it, worship God at that place of the altar where you're holy and it's pleasing to God. And don't let the world squeeze you into its mold, but l- allow the word of God to begin to change your mind. How many want to know the word of God is the Holy Ghost detergent for your mind? You and your kids will only know God to the degree that you know his word. You and your kids will only know God to the degree you know his word. 
if you're not in his word, that's why I told you when I was at camp, I said, how can I pray for you? Well, I want to know God's will. I'm going to pray you know the Bible. Read the Bible. Well, I, I, I don't read it. You need to, if we're in the word of God, it'll transform our mind. It'll change how we think. The word of God is important. If you're not in the scripture, your kids aren't in the scripture, that's why it's so important. As a dad, your kids see you reading the word. The grandkids are over. They see you reading the Bible. They see you praying with your mom, your wife. They see that. So they're in the Bible because the word of God transforms their mind. It changes how they think. If you want to know God's will for your life, read the, as we memorize the scriptures, as we meditate upon God's words, our thinking begins to change. See, when we're in the scriptures, our, our minds become informed and then they're transformed to the pattern of what? Not the world. They're transformed into the patterns how God wants us to think and how God wants us to operate. And as that happens, he then says this. He says, then you'll be able to discern the good, the perfect, and the pleasing will of God. See, there's a pattern. You get on, you, 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 you live as a living sacrifice. You push away the conforming of the world to morse you into their mold and the age of the world. You're rather transformed by the renewing of your mind with the Holy Ghost detergent of your mind. Think on these things. This is in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The things that are noble and worthy. And think, think about, the, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And then what happens is we climb on, then, then we can give space to hear God and discern what his will for our life is. Problem is sometimes there's way too much noise. I shared this story a few years ago. It says, then you'll discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect. I, I had a chance when I was in high school to race in Europe for a month um, in, in the two mile, I ran the two mile overseas for a while. It, um, I was on a tour with about 35 Americans, and we're, we race in different states and different nations over there. We're, we're, in, um, we're in England, and uh, just outside of England, there's, we're, we're at a stadium, Alexander, Birmingham, actually in Birmingham, England. And uh, uh, that day, they told us when we got there, hey, there's someone's going to try to set the world, 100 meter world, world record for the 100 meter dash as a blind person. I'm thinking, like, like, I didn't know there was world records for blind people, but there is. And they told us what was going to happen, that this person was going to, uh, they told us at a certain point they'd have us all be quiet. And there's 30,000 people in, in, this, in Birmingham Stadium with, they're watching this race. And, and they had everyone sit down, and they had a silent golf cart, and they had set, and, and the blind person was on the track. Someone helped them get on the tracks, get them set in the, in, in, in the, at the starting gate. And, and they said it has to be completely silent. And all the person, they said, runners set, runners take your mark. And the gun went off. And then their silent golf cart was going, and there was just a clap. And the blind person had to follow the clap. And I was there to watch a blind person set the 100-meter dash record for blind people. And all they could hear was the clap. And I'm convinced that there's so much noise out in the world that's out there. We have to teach our kids to climb on the altar and, and silence the, the crowd, silence the conformity of the world, be transformed by let the word of God begin to speak to them so they can hear the clap, so they can discern the good, the perfect, and the pleasing will of God. Now for you melancholics, there's three more points. God's will is that which is good. 
God's will is that which is pleasing. And God's word is that which is perfect for each believer. Now, I believe this. That God, the who, is more important than the do. Now, I know God called me to preach the gospel. But if I was to leave the ministry tomorrow and, and, and go do something else, until I, 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 I could pay my rent or my mortgage payment or whatever. Now, God's more concerned about how I treat my children and how I treat my wife and how I treat the people around me than the job that I do as a pastor. I'm convinced of that. Who? Before the do. And I'm convinced of this. There's not a good, good will of God and a pleasing will of God and a perfect will of God. God's will is good, perfect, and pleasing. When I married my wife, and my wife and I have this belief that, that, that she could have married someone else and been very happy today, maybe even happy. No. But I could have married someone else and been happy today too. But the moment I said I do to my wife at the altar, guess what? That is God's will for my life. And it's good, perfect, and pleasing. And I am going to learn how to treat that woman the way God wants me to treat this woman of God. And she's going to treat me. It's going to be a vicarious relationship that brings life to each other and life to our family. But the reality is, is the who is more important than do. And the why is more important than the what. But here's the thing. If we want to discern God's will for your life, we have to crawl on the altars, living sacrifices, and say, God, I, I, I choose in my holiness and choose in my desire to be more like you. I, I submit to that place of sacrifice and say, God, not my will, but yours be done. I want to live as your son and as your daughter. And then from there, I don't conform to the world. I then am transformed by the renewing of God's mind. And at that, that point, I begin to discern God's will because I know his word. And his word doesn't deny his word, doesn't, doesn't contradict his word. But the reason I've submitted my, that's what it looks like. And I think that's what God has for all of us. How many believe God wants all of us to be his living sacrifices? How many believe God wants all of us to, in an act of worship to, that pleases him, to crawl up on the altar and say, God, here I am. Use me. Here I am. Impact my life. How many believe God wants us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind? How many believe that? And in the process, how many believe God has a good, perfect, and pleasing will that is for every believer that God can help us discern? Amen. Why don't we, would you stand with me all across this place as we close today? We're going to have the worship team come. We're going to sing this song together as I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Let's do that. Let me pray over you. And then I'm just going to ask you as we sing this song, maybe, just, maybe you lift your fingerprints to heaven in a moment. Say, God, I just worship you. Here I am. God, use me. God, I pray right now for those of us in this room that, Lord, we would choose to say, God, we want to be living sacrifices. We want to be transformed by your word and not conform to our world. And Lord, we want to know what your will is and discern it for our lives and our children's lives. In Jesus' name. Let's sing this song right now together. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Because all that I have is a Yeah, for our hearts.
Would you raise us up as families and individuals that have chosen to say, God, we want to be who you want us to be. We want to go where you want us to go. We want to, we, we want to become the people of God in our city to be used by you. It's the who before the do. Help us become the right people. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.